too early a tear on my cheek predicting the parting keeping me weak want to believe in the song that you sing hope keeps me running giving more than you bring all your letters memorize every line write to make it better and dance by your side come back for the crush addicted to your pain craving the rush I can't do it again Tell me you 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Vienyaj. Uh, I'm very excited to say that I have Mira Black on the um, line today. Mira Black, are you there? I am here. Hi, Mira. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you. Perfect. We just finished listening to your song. Oh, we're calling you. <laughs> we just finished listening to your song, Tell Me, which is from your album, Mira, which had been nominated for a Western Canada Music Award, correct? Yes. Awesome. So for people who maybe not, aren't familiar with who you are, um, can you give us a little description of yourself and the music that you perform? Mm-hmm. Well, I have been performing in North America for over 25 years in different projects. Some people may have seen me with a band called Acoustically Inclined mm-hmm. in the 90s, and which was my first real uh, traveling, touring situation, mm-hmm. opportunity. And then I moved across into more of the jazz circles. Um, the first band was more folk festivals, college radio. Um, but the improvisation aspect was maintained in both. I, I have a love for spontaneous composition mm-hmm. um, and being in the moment, being as grounded as you can so you can create from a place of as, you know, pure presence and connectivity to your band and to your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I've traveled a lot, and this record that you are playing was created in Chicago. I went um, to work with a production studio and predominantly the producer, Vince Lawrence, who was uh, very well known in the house music scene in, mm-hmm. in the U.S., and so he wanted to create a project with me, and um, so that's what came out was very much collaborate collaborative you can hear my lyricism and my melodies um and there's a there's a tradition to that you maintained with the um organic instrumentation like there's i mean those pro, that's programmed music except there's a real bass the, the double bass solo is is an actual uh, bassist mm, um wow. and then you know i i did jazz festivals for a while and that was really fun. I traveled in in Europe, and I was in India for a while, and Spain, and um, was had some beautiful experiences. And then this project now, which I have just come home to launch, has been my love child for the last several years. And it's a book. Fundamentally, I wrote a book, mm-hmm. um, a writing a book. It's um, a presentation in three parts or three aspects. The base of it is about a woman who has had a nervous breakdown and her experience through the process toward the breakthrough, the awakening experience, and all her, you know, Alice in Wonderland journey in between with all these different healing pro- properties, mm-hmm. you know, adventures in ayahuasca to psychotherapy, meditation, all these different um, pharmaceuticals and, and her her opinions in like journal entries and letters to teachers and conversations with healers and that's so that's that's that journey the second level is a fable so it interthreads from the basic main story it 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 weaves its way through and that is a conversation between two gods who had agreed to come down and uh, 
they've been squashed into human bodies and it's the process it's their process they, they, they start to forget that they're gods and it's really hard to be a god and the juiciness of humanity kind of sucks them in even the suffering is sort of delicious mm-hmm. um and but as hard as it might be to be a human it's hard to be a god and watch what humanity does to each other so it's this conversation between the yin and the yang the light and the dark the, the love and the light and, and it's in my poetic format so my my spoken word pieces um and they're having a conversation and then they fall in love and that's you know all another level of difficulty when these humans start falling when, you know human love and how that removes itself from the celestial all of that so it's a commentary on a social commentary they're trying to figure out this this what's going on in current culture with sexual sexualization and relationship and communication or lack thereof objectification patriarch misogyny where's the matriarch like what's you know this kind of conversation between these two and then the third level is music the music that bursts forth from these gods ah yeah so yeah <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that's me and i'm i'm presenting the music with some storytelling and a lot of the spoken word on september 10th at the franco manitoban cultural center in the pauline bouton theater in that round theater at the back so beautiful mm-hmm. yeah so that's me so this this is really interesting um the book itself is the the first two stories or is mm-hmm. it uh, and then the third portion is kind of an attachment of you all these um these i guess songs or pieces that you've written yes it's the music it's it's a continuation of the conversation so it's a, the expression to each other but channeled channeled expression of these you know humans that mm-hmm. are gods and struggling in life and relationship and so it's 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 more communication but in the form of of music mhm because mm-hmm. music's usually really good at with motions, and yeah. that's really interesting. So, why did you decide to do something like this? I didn't. It just happened. I didn't really. It wasn't a decision. I knew I wanted to write a book. Um, I've known that for a long time. And my when my, my father died three years ago, and that is it three yeah, 2014, and um, it it took me out at the knees. Mm-hmm. I really, really uh, was lost and. Um, the same time I was in um, a very um, like a muse was in my life I had a very palpable and prophetic muse in my life and so and I was doing a bit of traveling across Canada at the same time a little bit so there was this just just burst out of me that, mm-hmm. you know and then putting it all together was I just made sense after I had all these people pieces okay yeah um, i i want to know a little bit more about you before some, i can i can hear more about your how you got to this place so when was the what was the first kind of steps for you to get involved in music were you musically at a young age or where did you take lessons or how, how did you get involved in music i have memories of being very small and standing in front of the mirror with a hairbrush singing mm-hmm. you know i i i was that kid who and i listened to a lot of musical theater when I was you know I grew up on Sound of Music and and uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang you know mm-hmm. what I mean etc the classics uh, yeah my father loved them right mm-hmm. so he played those for me and the Beatles and um, Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra so that and my my father was um, a traveler as well so I was exposed to a lot of world music 
but it, it was high school really that that got me focused on music and I was very shy I was shy awkward I I bigger than the rest of the girls I went to an all-girls school I went to Balmoral Hall Mm -hmm. for girls and at that time we didn't collaborate they didn't collaborate I think they had to collaborate now but at that time they hired girls to play the boys parts and I have an alto and um like I have access to more of an a mezzo and mezzo alto and and because I was bigger (laughs) um I could play these these male parts and so I was the knight in shining armor even then Oh wow! And, yeah, and then right out of high school, I joined a band. I was um, just got connected to a bunch of hippies that were busking on the street, and learned some of their tunes, and uh, that moved into people discovering us. Mitch Pedalek, Western Cultural Center, Folk Festival main stage, and then touring across Canada, and that was it. I was just catapulted. Just like right away. Were you also writing a little bit at this time? I was writing, but <laughs> I I was pretty again classic. Um, macabre like angst teen angst mm-hmm. music when when the rest of the band was really kind of it was more fun more dancey if anything it was a little more about touched on enlightenment even then like Richard Moody who many will probably remember um, was the main writer and Carrie Krishna also and so the two of them even though they're a bit of yin yang in terms of spirituality they were both really seeking Mm-hmm. They were seekers, you know, and um, of that spirit. And so that, the music was, but mine was all like, you know. <laughs> or you, you think you could have been a punk singer or yeah, like metal maybe, or something? Maybe. 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 Well, just, you know, I was a poet, really, and I yeah. didn't know what to do with myself as a poet. I didn't know I was a poet. So I was trying to write, I thought, I'm a musician. I'm a vocalist. People like my songs, and I'm touring for, you know, I toured for seven years. So I was trying to be a certain kind of musician, and so my songs always came out wrong. And I didn't actually discover spoken word until much later, like recently, the last, I think, six years ago in Chicago, I I discovered spoken word by actually a man who was known as sort of the godfather of slam poetry, okay. um, and then got into Canadian, found all, you know, Winnipeg underbelly, and then you know across canada i got on the slam team to you know the flew us to montreal to represent manitoba in the nationals and found these revolutionary people where yeah dark yeah bring the dark shine mm-hmm. the light on the dark embrace it embrace it yeah. embrace your what you see and so yeah so, so i'm a bit stagnant in my writing when you when you first started writing music what would you say the genre is or what kind of music were you making in the beginning mm. It's difficult to say because we were such a multifaceted group. Mm-hmm. We were categorized in folk, but when people hear the word folk, they don't think, oh, music of the people. They think banjos and, yeah. and mandolins. We did have a banjo and a <laughs> viola but um, and a acoustic guitar, but it wasn't straight up. We were, I mean, we were a college band. We were the t- It was the time of... Spirit of the West, Crash Test Dummies, when Sarah McLaughlin first hit the scene. Yeah. Um, so it was a kind of sound. Mm-hmm. So we could say pop, um, you know, pop, but uh, yeah, we were, we were, we were our own, we were our own sound. I guess every band likes to say that. We, we yeah. sounded like us. Yeah. But um, yeah, I guess a bit of folk pop. And would you say that you've, um, how has your your sound transitioned from that to your now your solo, what kind mm-hmm. of solo, Mirror Black stuff? 
there's a lot more confidence, a lot more vulnerability. And the fact that I'm singing my own stuff now is yeah. uh, has meaning, where, whereas before I was singing Richard's and Carrie's tunes, or um, Luke Doucette was in our band, the lead guitarist and vocalist from Whitehorse. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wrote, he wrote songs, and so I would be singing other people's songs. Okay. And so the difference is... Um, uh, quite extreme, really, when when I think about it now, because of the emotionality that I that I can express, because I'm it's me speaking my channel to the world. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Um. So then, when you started writing spoken word, did that even further influence your writing as a musician? Oh, yes. Uh, yes. How so? Well, in inside spoken word, there's a there's so much freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas music has a kind of, uh, there are parameters, even if it's wide free jazz, there's still, it's still this thing, a certain thing, um, in inside lyric, in lyrical content I find. Um, and so, and in spoken word, um, the, the, the revolutionary poets are the ones that I really got uh, inspired by. I mean, they, they just give me courage to speak my truth. And it became okay to talk about difficult things, things that we don't necessarily talk about in the greater public. Mm-hmm. Um, so the spoken words gave me a freedom to uh, to speak what was really true for me, to be in the moment and the authenticity of who I am in that moment yeah. um, without reservation. Okay. And um, there's there's a place in that I'm learning as I'm creating, right? So it's coming through me from my authentic self, and it's also affecting that self. And did this whole spoken word thing happen after you had already started performing solo or, or be writing your mm-hmm. own music? And okay, and what yeah, well, I, yeah, I was on that project, and the song that you played and that you're going to play more of is uh, I was writing that music then. Yeah. And so it was inside of that that I really started to embrace spoken word. Um, and I had written a little bit beforehand, but I remember having a really being disparaging. I, I was very low self-esteem as a musician because I hang out with jazz musicians. Like we, I could say folk pop, but but you know Richard is a very skilled jazz musician, and and um, Carrie is just really amazing improvisational bluegrass musician. So and Ron to all of them were just amazing musicians, and so I I had low self-esteem musical low self mm-hmm. you're like around all of these fantastic musicians yeah. you're like but where do i fit or am i on the same yeah. level and i get yeah. i i'm me of all people i completely understand that it's yeah. just like it's just that self-confidence is it's it's hard it's very hard so it's what made you feel what what finally put you out there why did you like okay I, I was with these wonderful musicians but i'm gonna make my own music and i know that i'm good enough to make my own music how did you just make that step forward well, I think the project in Chicago, again, um, there's a, a manager named Ken Kushnick, mm-hmm. who is still with me, um, supporting me now, and, and I met him in Chicago, and he uh, used to work for Universal Records, and now when the music scene totally changed with Napster and iTunes and so on and Spotify, he, he became an independent contractor, so he's I'm on his list. And he said to me once when I was being a bit disparaging, I was stuck in a bridge and I couldn't get it out and I was really frustrated. He said, you know what? You know what your problem is? I said, what? You. <laughs> you are your problem. Like the minute you understand that you're the real deal, so much freedom mm-hmm. will occur and so much beautiful art will occur. And what, like what, do, you mean, the fr- what do you mean by that? 
the the well it's the, the mind telling me i'm not good enough mm-hmm. it's a waste of energy how much energy do we spend on looking in the mirror and talking about how ugly we are i could be i could be writing a novel which is what you did <laughs> right um the amount of energy that i can sit on a on a relationship does he like me does he not what do i do i don't know will i leave him will i stay is he good enough is he the one am i the one you know what i mean like there's so much worry about am i too big am i too small am i this you know that that the energy that goes into that is actually uh poss- it's possible to channel that into your into your pr- i think i say purpose I triggered someone once when I asked them, I was like, so what's your, you know, what's your purpose? And they were like, I don't have a purpose. And I, I felt really like I triggered them. So I, I, I apologize if you feel you haven't found your purpose, you don't have a purpose. But I, I seek mine. I seek mine and I believe mine has a lot to do with storytelling and, and just, just living life as fully and as difficult, you know, as raw as I can and then talking about it. Um, and so... Yeah, that's no, it. This is really great because this is something like, that I'm always wondering, like, how do I know if it's good enough or how do mm. I, how can I just, how do you, like, so now you, you're able to express how you're feeling in these, like, wonderful spoken words and writing music about this, but how do you get, get past that wall of being able to share it with other people? Yeah, it's a good question. For me, again, I lean on people that I trust, you know, mm-hmm. not on the ones who are like, oh, that's great sweetie oh good job i don't want to hear yeah. right i don't want to hear that or the the opposite the jealous we're like mm, what do, how are you going to sell that or whatever mm-hmm. you know um uh so i i have my you know tribe of of people that i trust okay. um my best friend in the universe cries when the song hits it you know when it yeah. hits and i play it play it for him he cries um, like spontaneous tears of of beauty, you know, he's like the beauty just uh, spontaneously arises in him. Mm-hmm. And I have other friends like, um, uh, you know, Jeff Preslav, who I played for him. He was the first person that I played some piano and did the spoken word over and this concept that I'm really embracing now. He was, and I trust him when he said, wow, like that. Yeah. Wow. Man. Yeah. Um, I, I trust him. Steve Kirby is the same. He's like, ew. You need to step in your fire, you know. <laughs> Find your fire. Yeah. You're a fiery, you know, goddess. You're a beautiful woman that needs to get into her, you know, full truth, you know. And yeah. So, and I trust him. Absolutely. Right. So, so that's that's it. I and I know we just finished saying we shouldn't disparage ourselves. So it's not. I I just it's not about disparaging myself so much as just seeking trusted confidence yeah, and, fee- yeah. And, and feedback that would be genuine not just based on someone else's opinion on you it's just seeing it as its own and giving you an opinion on that that's really important exactly where, like integrating it where yeah. would you suggest people who maybe don't have those kind of people in their lives uh where could they look for people like that to share their music and feel comfortable well um that's a tough one I I guess it's kind of a, a snake eating its tail situation because if you don't feel like you can, you're good enough to play so you're not playing, then you probably won't touch those people. Okay. You know what I mean? You have to actually put it out there. you got to find the wrong people first sometimes. Sort of. It's kind of like writing song music. I, one of my good girlfriends said to me, I was like, how do I write, you know, many, many, many years ago, I was like, how do I write a great song? And she said, you have to write a lot of bad songs first. So, you know, how do you, I mean, I could tell you teachers that in the city 
specifically. Like Jeff Preslov teaches. You can find him. Jonathan Alexiak, he teaches, and he'll kick your butt, but he'll also support you at the same time, right? Yeah. My, my piano player, Jonathan Alexiak. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And there's I don't, Steve Kirby retired, so you can't have him, but, you know, do, there's people. Like teachers are kind of the where, where I would start, I guess. To, to, to answer your question with, with actually answer it yeah find a teacher that you love and if you get there and you don't love them then you love. um you know carlin jupiter long and mcquade pemina highway you want to play bass she's a genius and she will she will support you and tell you the truth okay you know what i mean like all kinds of so that's it find it find a teacher that you trust and if you don't feel comfortable find a new one okay that's such an easy answer and i guess some people just need to hear that like find someone who can give you constructive feedback because if you're only showing people that maybe you do trust who can't give you feedback on how to improve yeah. that could be frustrating because teachers they have the knowledge to be able to like this is good but here's ways to improve it or how can i suggest this or maybe listen to this other artist because you're kind of leaning towards their style maybe mm-hmm. you can that's really interesting exactly good point yeah mm-hmm. go listen to this here you'll like the yeah, or take this scale or to transpose this or whatever. You're totally right. Mm-hmm. And don't run away from I mean, it's not like I'm saying go and then this teacher's mean, you know, tells you something you don't like or gives you too much homework and then you run away. Yeah. Maybe not the way to go about it, but if you really don't feel like you're you're safe, right? There's yeah. a, there's a safety in, in this kind of music, in real, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the kind of music that is going to lead you toward your own mastery. Yeah. There's there's a barrier that you there are barriers you need to cross and they can be really fiery, and it has to do with your own personality, right? Like we're all masters right away. Well, I'm a master at everything I do, but um, it's how I express that mastery to 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 its most palpable and fullest Absolutely. place. Yeah. So um, moving on, just because I I can I mean I can mm-hmm. talk about this all day. Oh. This is really exciting, but I do <laughs> I do have a time limit. We started with this, your song "Tell Me," which is from your album Mira, and you you had written all of the songs on the album Mira, correct? Mm-hmm. What inspired you to write "Tell Me," the one mm-hmm. we started with? A boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> you know, I it was a. It was written when I, um, I'm, I'm stalling. I'm trying, my mind is spinning because he's really, he's a very popular Canadian musician. So my mind is spinning like, should I mention him? But it doesn't matter. The song was written when I knew, like I was, we were about to be in the same, uh, the same city again, the same province again. Yeah. And uh, I, I knew that there was, a, and we were doing a lot of expressing because we're both writers, a lot of expressing through through email and text and phones, and and it wasn't physical. It was very much a spiritual um, connect, you know. Yeah. And I really hate the word spiritual, but it does mean it does have it does express it when we have we're limited in time. It, it does express like we t- you know we shared yeah. a bond. Yeah. And I knew that it was we that we needed to have the conversation that this isn't going to go into an intimate like we're not getting married. We're not going to be boyfriend and girlfriend. It, this is true love. It's true love, but it's not sexual. It's not building a life together. And so that's kind of where, you know, it, I, and so it was that feeling before I was settled in. I was fearful of it at the time, right? I was attached, had cherished outcome. So the writing from that cherished outcome, mm-hmm. yet, like in the last verse, it's very much like, I get that I scare you, and it's cool. Like it's cool. Dude, fly, yeah. fly. It's okay. Okay, I'm okay. Yeah. All right. And so then we're about to take a break and hear the song "Illusion." What mm-hmm. is that similar in terms of inspired by a boy yeah. or? 
Um, it's about see, I, I that one is about um, having a conversation with a, a, a man who was taught, who said to me, "Love is an illusion." And we had a very deep conversation about what that means in terms of the existence of love, like true love in, in our society, and how we have mostly what we see is love addiction or codependent or, uh, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, rules and traditions mm. that we follow. And he was talking about, like, real love doesn't, it, you can't find it. And I said, I called, I, oh, I called <laughs> baloney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> almost. almost. I, ca- I called baloney and yep. said, so I, and I was angry. So it's got an energy of that fiery, uh, you know, just because you can't find it, <laughs> you know, just because you don't have it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that, I guess, like that kind of anger but frustration with him saying that could be a great inspiration for yeah. a song. All right. So everyone who's listening, this is the Winnipeg Music Project on 11.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Bianish. I'm here with Mira Black. We are talking and we're promoting your upcoming show at, on September 10th. Uh, it's at the Center Cultural Franco Manitoban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Franco Manitoban Cultural Center. Mm-hmm. Pauline Bouton Theater, the hall there, yeah. And I will have links to all of this on the blog post, which will be posted tomorrow for all you listeners. Uh, and then also all your links to your social media and everything. But we're going to take a quick break and listen to the song Illusion, which came from your. Um, Album Mira. So mm-hmm. here we go. Awakened from a dream, remember the feel of joy Forgetting about the boy, but letting my feelings toy with me A voice inside my head, pushing me to the door Making me ask for more, for something true and something free Deafened by the beat My heart begins to show My vision changing so You run away from these things Following my feet I don't need to know Prepared for the blow Still believing in the mystery So don't tell me Love is an illusion Past your own eyes And don't tell me Love is an illusion Because you don't believe Why should I lie? Everything we do 
might be the last view. Why should I pass through? How could you? So don't tell me love is an illusion when you don't see past your own eyes. And don't tell me love is an illusion because you don't believe. Why should I lie? And welcome back to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Bienyaj, and I'm here with Mira ba- Black. Sorry, hello, Mira. Mira, are you still there? Oh, oh yeah, good. Okay. Like, oh. Here I am. I'm sorry. I oh, had you no. on mute for you. That's okay. Uh, so we just finished listening to your song, Illusion, which was from your um, album, Mira, which was released when you had actually done the project in Chicago, and it, it had been nominated for a Western Canada Music Award. Mm-hmm. which is very exciting. So we talked about the inspiration of some of your songs, but what is your actual songwriting process? You know, most of the time it, it hits me like, you know, like uh, a wave of, um, I, just, I just hear it. And I have to sometimes literally record it quickly before I forget it. Um, so it's really not, I'm not... Uh, um, an academic writer. Okay. I don't you know sort of sit with pen and okay I'm gonna go through these chords or I have this idea for a ch- for changes. I hear it and and I get it out as uh, best I can and then learn it. Um, essentially, so the the first it might be something like um, I'll hear, uh, you know, expecting you to fly. It's not what you're used to. I might hear that and then that verse. 
with that melody okay. and then later I might hear the don't tell me love is an illusion you know what I mean but it's usually a burst something will burst forth and it might be inspiration from something I see definitely um, usually an experience um, we'll do that and then I finish then I finish the song in its own way and then I take pen and go okay now what am I trying to say here and he didn't well, need another verse so I'm gonna add a bit you know move yeah. this move that edit it yeah so yeah there's a, there's definitely an editing process Man. definitely always I, I keep always. hearing that from artists I'm like okay maybe I should edit some of my songs because uh, <laughs> everyone seems to do it and it works for them uh, and so you so you have like you'd say this more thematically and melodically led or driven yeah. And so then you find the chord progression afterwards? Usually. Okay. Sometimes if I'm playing, especially if I'm practicing a jazz standard, like I have another project, Jonathan and Alexic and I do a sort of cheeky jazz cabaret, you know, and so sometimes when I'm practicing that, just the basic chords on the piano, uh, and then I repeat something that I need to practice to get it in my fingers, I might hear something then, mm-hmm. happenstance, but yeah, something like that. Same with the ukulele uh, or guitar. If I'm if I'm practicing something, then sometimes I will. It'll, I'll hear the, the melody and the and the and the lyric, mm-hmm. and then yes, and then other times it's just vice versa, and I have to find it. Okay, and then so mm-hmm. how do you how do you bring it to your band? You this idea. So you you've already when you bring it, the song is written, or do you have like oh, I kind of have this going on? Is there anything you guys could add to it, or how well, does that work? Well, both. I mean, yes, I bring it to. Th- I bring them a song. Mm-hmm. Um, like right now, I'm going through the process of playing the songs for them, and them making charts with me. You know what I mean? Like they, how about this transition? How about this chord? I have this idea. Maybe you'll reverse it, and it's really interesting because you're saying, "Hold on, so why don't the chord be? You know, get it's about letting like going in this direction." Uh, you know, especially Keith Price, he's really into into lyrical content mm-hmm. in terms of how he approaches it, and, and like the prosody um, of like having the music kind of link with the lyrics. Yes, he wants okay. to understand what you're trying to convey. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'll come with him and I'll play my little um, my my little ukulele. Well, it's not little. I have a really high end tenor ukulele that has a beautiful sound. Mm-hmm. And so I'll play that for him, and he will in, he will interpret what I'm playing. He'll find my chords, you know. Yeah. And but put them on the guitar and kind of polish it up. Um, same with Jonathan. I'll go and I'll play it, and he'll sit behind me and learn it, and then he'll play it because you know I'm not an instrumentalist per se, mm-hmm. songwriter. So it's not the same as someone who's been studying, you know, quite focused for 20 years, you know, on an instrument. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then we're going to take it to the rhythm section next week, and I'm really excited because this is my first gig with Kevin Waters. Oh, I know him. Oh, he's he, a fantastic drummer. Yeah, my friend Carlos called him the Universal Lube. Oh, he yeah. makes it. He just makes everything that much better. Yes, he's he's um, and so I'm really I've I've been watching him for the last three years, and well, um, he's his feel and his energy and his ferocity I just the fire that I really want from him and I went to his house and we sat on his roof and and I again I played a bunch of music for him and right away he heard what I wanted you know he heard yeah. what I wanted and so that's so I can't wait to hear him I have, but he you know he we work verbalize it you know mm-hmm. so I hear like Joni Mitchell Tom Waits but like groove babe with the groove and I'm like yes 
Yeah. It's like, so yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So on the 28th, we're gonna get meet up with the the full band. will meet up. So when you're showing your 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 songs, you're showing them to the, each musician individually, not as a group. I yeah, that's how I've been doing this one. Okay. Um, and that's been, I, that's been working really well for you. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's working really well for me. I'm gonna bring so when because they're so new, right? They're so new and so raw. And uh, I don't play bass, and I don't play guitar, you know, that well. So, and because I don't, it's not just a chord series, right? This is a very emotional project. Um, so it's important for me to be able to sit with them and express what I'm trying to convey. Yeah. Right? So, and then when I get Gilles Fournier, who's on bass, and Kevin Waters together, Jonathan and Keith will already have a foundation. Mm-hmm. So the three of us will play, so and then we'll play the music that we've been practicing for the last while, uh, and the rhythm section can feel it, right? And then the, and then add their spice to it, and I'll of course say, well, I look to the left, I look to the right, and I've sent them tracks of song like in different rhythms that I play that I you know that I want ish yeah. um, to guide them. But I'm I'm the, I'm the puppet master, right? Mm-hmm. And. Uh, so yeah, I have I haven't heard these songs. I haven't heard a lot of these songs ever um, with a full band. Some of them I have, but some of them I've never heard with a full band, and I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it will really um, change the sound of the song? Hopefully, better. But would you think it'll be like you're like, well, I never even thought it was going to be like this? Or do you have an idea of what it's going to sound mm-hmm. like? No, the intention is to get what I feel and what I hear in my head um, out. And it will certainly be, you know, there'll be ideas. They'll have brilliant ideas for nuances. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's it's my I'm it's mind painting with the bigger brush, and I'm utilizing them as the scheme of, um, you know, as the as the highlighting, and um, and but certainly they will like you know they will definitely affect. Yeah. I don't play drums like Kevin Waters. I never will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But I can say to him, here, I love this song. Can you, can we, you know, start from this? Yeah. So I'm bringing the foundation and then they will bring it to. Move off of it. You know, so that, uh, yeah, they'll just, they'll just understand what you meant. So when you're, when you're writing songs, I, I mean, yes, you're really focusing on like your emotions and bringing out that vulnerability, but you do need to think of, of um, writing music kind of as like a, as a business. If you want people to listen to it, do you focus a lot on writing hooks or making no. sure that the music is, no, that's not concerned no. to you? not so much that it's not a concern because i'm not trying to be haughty i would love to sell my songs i really you know and i have a couple of pop songs i wrote a kind of country song i don't know what to do with and i always oh, thought oh, i should get it to trisha yearwood or something yeah. you know valadis morris said i wanted to do one of my tunes that would be a, a victory obviously mm-hmm. but um hooks do come out of me i think it's i do have some natural hooks um but i don't focus on like I said, I'm not an academic writer when there are the, yeah. those, especially in L.A. and New York, where they can write you a pot, you know, they can write Kesha, a, very, a song that is going to stick in your ear so that you remember it at the till yeah. when you're buying music or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. so that's the question, though. I, I'm, just, I'm just curious because, like, as a, as a somewhat pop writer... Um, I always, when I share my music with people, they always recommend like, oh, you should make it more hooky, make it more hooky. And I'm like, well, I don't really know how to do that. Like, that's not where the song was coming from when I wrote it. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, and I've said this a lot, a, a lot lately, and it's, 
in these interviews about um, the idea of doing this because you love it. Yeah. Doing this because you love it is the only real answer for great music, but, you know, or great art. It's not, I don't think that what really lasts starts out is I'm going to make a, a great hooky pop song. You might sell it and make some money. Yeah. For sure. It might work, um, especially if you're extremely beautiful, stereotypically so, uh, or like culturally stereotypically so. Um but I think if you want to make great art, you have to dig into what you hear and what you feel and when what, you know, your your truth. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Who are you and what are you trying to say? Yeah, if you're in, not in my if, opinion. Yeah, if you're not true to yourself, you're not gonna really, you're not gonna make content that will stick around and actually like resonate with you in the in the future. I, I that's my opinion. I really think that that that's how you how you reach your greatness mm-hmm. that's, that's and i haven't i haven't yet you know what i mean i'm st- i mean who knows if i ever will and vincent van gogh died poor bach died poor mozart all of them like they died poor yeah desperately poor um so it's i you know i'm already giving away all my tickets like you know what i mean i want to oh, give away tickets Speaking of, oh yeah, tickets. that's right. We want to do a ticket giveaway. I yeah, won't do it on the um, show today, but I will do it on a Facebook post later today because okay. I don't know how to use the the call thing on here. Oh station. right, yes. so we want to get some yeah, but Facebook, Facebook. For, for people listening, I will be posting a Facebook post in just a little bit about uh, get winning tickets uh, for Mirror Black's show on September 10th. There'll be more information about that uh, on the post. But if you are interested, all you need to do is like the Winnipeg Music Project on Facebook and share the post, and you will have an opportunity to win. Yeah, it's very exciting. And it's awesome that you're willing to, you're willing to, or wanting to do that. I really want see an audience, right? I want an audience. Well, it, and it's not that I, yeah, it's that I want. I'm really trying to call people who are going to be interested. So people who are listening right now are going like, oh yeah, I want to look for those. Mm-hmm. I want to go for those tickets. I'm really, I'm really curious about what this artist is, is saying, and I like her voice. And um, you know, this particular show isn't electronic. But yeah. it's still that fire. Mm-hmm. It's still that my truth and my voice, and um, it's much more organic. It's a different vibe. So I and for so it's it's a big room, and and I I I want energy. I need the energy of the audience. I'm very much a live musician, and even watching a DVD of a live concert doesn't do it yeah. for me. I want I want the, the, the I want to feel you want to them. Feel the the performer breathing on you, or just exactly. like feeling the room reacting to the performance. And that's yeah. actually what I wanted to segue to: mm-hmm. how important performances are to you. Like, and what kind of vibe are you trying to give out when you are performing? That's a great question. I. It's about connection. Connection with the audience, mm-hmm. or between the musicians. All of us. All of us. Okay. My intention is to is to ground as well as I can and and connect mm-hmm. connect um, and uh, the more authentic I am to my experience the more it's going to touch yours okay right? yeah and the more you allow that the more you're open to that um, the more you'll touch me and that energy that actual physics of uh, connectivity is where extreme extreme bliss or at least extreme truth. Yeah. You know, it might not feel like bliss, but I often, I, you know, I might break your heart. You mm-hmm. know, 
I sort of give a cautionary tale to those who are newly broken, <laughs> broken up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think it's great. I mean, I would, you know, if you're newly broken up, I'm going to give you tickets because those are the best <laughs> energies. Yeah. From for what I do, you know, when they I really and talk about really that resonate kind of, with that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm fun. I mean, I I think I'm funny and I can be charming. It's not like it's all serious. And my band is extremely talented you will you will definitely have a deep musical experience mm-hmm. um i just i just say that foundationally i want to be that connected that i'm not thinking about what i'm saying i'm not thinking about the music it's flowing yeah because i know it that well and i'm that grounded and i'm that comfortable and the audience is that you know your eyes on me is a big deal yeah very very big deal so do you yeah. want so how about you plug it one more time September 10th? September 10th at the Franco-Manitoban Cultural Center in the Pauline Bouton Hall in the theater there. Mm-hmm. And it's at 7 p.m., so Sunday, 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. And where yeah. can people buy tickets, if not at the door? Yeah, you can go onto my website and buy them online. Some people were having some glitches. I don't know, but, yeah, you can buy the people are buying them online. Okay. Um, there's a link on my, fa- on my website, mirablack.com. Awesome. And, um, and I will or Facebook me and I'll mail them to you if you don't trust, you know, whatever. The internet, no fees the or internet, anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will <laughs> include links to all of this as well on the yeah. po- uh, blog post on www.winnipegmusicproject.com for all of you listening who need help uh, or want to make it, like, your life easy. Just go to the blog post and it'll all be there available yeah. to you. So do you have any advice for beginner musicians who maybe want to start writing their own music or getting up there and performing or writing and sharing their music? We talked a little bit about that, but do you have any specific advice? Maybe some, that's mm-hmm. something that someone told you that has really mm-hmm. stuck with you. Um, what I said, what I well, the first thing that came up for me when you when you asked was listen to a lot of great writers. Mm-hmm. Listen to what they're doing. Read do you, about. Read their biographies. Do you have suggestions, or is it just a personal preference of what it's, you think is great? It depends on what you're doing. I mean, I can only tell you what I did. Right, Joni Mitchell, Annie DeFranco. These were the people who, those kinds of writers, uh, Bob Dylan, um, were the kinds of writers that, that inspired me. And um, there's a many, many that are, that are current as well. That, that, so I, you know, poetic writers and so on, and local, local musicians, um, the Landris brothers really just break my heart open mm-hmm. with their write, songwriting. Um, and so, you know, go, so, so I say, listen to a lot of great music uh, and read the lyric and feel the music and learn them yeah you know and then secondly go out and listen to great music feel it watch what they're doing and and watch how it and watch what you're doing inside of that how does it feel um and then in terms of getting out there yeah you know what there's video of me from early early days where my eyes are closed I, I'm yeah. so nervous, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I just closed my eyes. And I think that, I, you know, Jim Morrison used to, sometimes he'd do it his back to the audience. So, um, you know, Celine Dion talks about the reason she's so skinny is because she's so nervous. Barbara Streisand has massive stage fright. Yeah. So it's about courage. What am I, you know, grace. It's kind of grace under pressure. Yeah. And, and you, you do it and you fall down. And the best way to get over it is just to do it, right? That's all. That's the only way to get over is to do it. You can read all kinds of books on, you know, different things and and go to Toastmasters and whatever it is. And that's great. Um, TED Talks on failing is a good one. 
you have to be willing to fail. You have to be willing to fall down and get up again. Yeah. And those who succeed are, are you know, are the ones, and not financially, but those who succeed is in, in finding their own great mastery. You know, Kenny Werner, go go Google Kenny Werner. Uh, it's on mastery. I can't remember. It's Kenny Werner. Just Google Kenny Werner and the word mastery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, but, yeah, fall down and be okay with falling down. That's great. Yeah, and then so then you'll be you'll be able to get back up and try again. Yeah. Usually. Uh, At some point. Yeah. So where can people find you on social media to follow you and your musical adventures? You, I'm so Googleable. You just Google M I R A Black like the color. Mm-hmm. Mira like miracle. Black like the color, and you can find me. And everything is linked to everything else. Yeah, it's all so, connected. So you're very social a, savvy. I'm, <laughs> I'm social savvy, yeah. <laughs> and you can read a bunch of my stories and blogs and get to know me a little bit on my on my website. And yeah, and meet you at your show and, and come down to the show and say hi. And say again? The people who are listening, they can come to your show and say hi. Yeah. Yes. If you're if you're not okay with that, then I just totally plug that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris, you can find me. If, I, if the show went well, I'll yeah. be out. If the show Good. didn't go well, you won't see me. You'll hide. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be around. So we do unfortunately have to uh, wrap it up. But before we go, mm. can you just give a little bit of uh, insight on what this last song, "Where Are You," uh, what inspired you to write that? Longing, longing, longing for my true love to arrive. Um, mm-hmm. my, my my true love in partnership. Um. And that's it. It's really, it's really yeah. a song about trying to manifest and, uh, and being curious about what that would look like. Perfect. That's awesome. Yeah, and thank you so much for supporting live yeah, music. I'm no, really grateful yeah. to you. This I mean, you're, you keep us existing. Yes, that's true. But I just also just love local music, and I love that uh, you came onto the show and were willing to talk about your wonderful stories and how you became an artist. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, everyone who's listening, this is the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Bignard. We were just listening to the wonderful and wonderfully talented Mira Black. She has a show on September 10th at the uh, Franco-Manitoban Cultural Center. Uh, t- uh, tickets are available online, and I will have links to those on the blog post. If you missed the first half of this interview, don't worry. It's available for in podcast form within the next few days, as well as uh, on the website, www.winnipegmusicproject.com, or on Google Play and iTunes. We are now going to be listening to the song, Where Are You?, which is from your Black's uh, album, Mira, uh, which was nominated for a Western Canada Music Award. Um, so thank you so much, Mira. You're fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, I'll see you soon. See you soon. All right, everyone listening, this is Where Are You? you a love song but I don't know who you are how can I write you a love song you're just a wish upon a star if you could see how much I love you you'd let me be where you are I wanna write you a love song believe in me believe in me Where 
of someone out there longing, looking for me, seeking to find a girl who'd never harm or limit a heart unfolding and kind. And when I think of you each morning, wish you were here, wish you were mine. Where are you with those your eyes I saw? Your voice that called. Where are you? Did you pass me in the hall? Where are you to catch me if I fall? No questions, no doubts, no boundaries, no fear. I'm wanting to shout. For you to be near, nothing to explain, no need, no blame. Will you know my name? Make ours the same. Putting love to shame, words a naked game. The melody pains me. You had.